Welcome to the Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Show. Your host, Carol Dixon Carr, is an educator of and a participant in many eclectic subjects, and she loves it that way. Each week, she'll bring you episodes and stories on how you can navigate those multiple passions while managing your mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional energy in your life as a whole. So here's Carol. Yes, Carol Dixon Carr here, along with voice development and spiritual mentor, Jen Lang. She guides women and men in business to tune into and align their inner voice so their outer voice can shine, uniting their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful voice ready to share your message. As a Reiki master, sound therapist, opera singer, cool, <laughs> black belt in Wado Karate, my goodness, she uses a wide range of tools and techniques to guide, heal, and support the development of the whole voice alongside the whole person. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Carol. It's such a great joy to be here today. So, so cool. Because I met Jen, to the listening audience, I met Jen at a virtual networking event fairly recently. And when she did her introduction, I'm like, let me reach out to her. She doesn't know me from Eve, but I know this will be a great show. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. As soon as I heard her intro, I was like, oh, we have to connect. So, yeah, I love it. I love that show. serendipity. It's amazing. Yeah, totally. So I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about your story and how you became interested in so many things and how that kind of worked into your body of work of what you do today. You can get into the challenges and the triumphs. So I'm so glad you asked this, Carol. It's because um, everyone's lives are so varied and different. And I definitely grew up, I would say, middle lower class, but my parents always made sure that um, there was time and space and resources for me to have music lessons. And so I started out my early childhood definitely very music focused, very attuned, and I've always had an, like the quote unquote ear for music. And I could sing back melodies before I could speak a complete sentence. You do. <laughs> we got that in common. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We'll have to have another chat about Yes, we will. <laughs> offline outside of this. And, and yes. it's just so beautiful. So there was always room. But I, I interestingly, I actually didn't start singing until my um, 20s. So I studied piano, I studied, I played the organ for a while, I played the flute for a very long time. Me too, I played the flute. Oh, I was going to ask you about that, about your instrument, yes. so, um, <laughs> flute, and I, I dabbled in the French horn until my flute teacher said, no, 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 that's going to ruin your embouchure for your, oh. I'm like, all right. So yeah, musically, but I've always had a very curious mind. I've loved reading about, you know, Greek history and my first degree was art history and medieval studies because I just, I couldn't choose. I was like, there's just so much. Ah. And, uh, and then I think I had my twenties. I like, I love travel, adventure, languages, which made it hard to focus. And, you know, when you start your own business, they're like, no, you have to niche, you have to focus, you have to niche. And for me, that felt like prison, Same. <laughs> like really like. Just, I just, I, and I, it's taken me six years of really solid, dedicated business time to find and sort of nourish the thread that brings all these gifts together. Nice. And part of the reason I got into martial arts because I, is because I couldn't, um, no, no, actually got into singing because I fell and broke a bone in my foot and I couldn't do karate for six months. Oh no. And like literally the universe pushed me into, no, 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 you have to go into voice work. So that started my journey. I think I was 25 and it was just this trajectory right away. So again, focused on the voice piece, still loved all the other stuff that went with it. 
and I always joked that I said I always did the preparation for singing lessons and for a professional career as an opera singer before I started the master's degree because I'd studied languages, I'd studied history, I had all this context, I'd been in theater. So I wasn't starting from that clean slate. I had this beautiful wealth of experience um, when I got to my master's degree. But business piece, you have to find that thread. And that's, that's where I am today, where it's like, all my gifts can speak and sing through this forum. Very nice. So I would like to hear more about the opera journey. Yeah, yeah, sure. So the opera journey, um, I told you earlier about the like literally being pushed into singing. And within a couple of years, I basically kept my part time job, I was working as an admin assistant at the university here, uh, the University of Victoria. And then I basically started singing. So I took my job to part time, and I focused on music and rebuilding those music skills that I'd had as a teen but this time focused in singing. So uh, then I basically, I think after five years, four, four, five years of doing this, I needed, I wanted a master's degree. I wanted a professional designation to pursue the career. So I had to first start with a diploma because most universities don't accept people into a master's music program without an undergraduate. So I spent four years at McGill University in Montreal and I did a two-year diploma and a two-year master's degree and graduated in 2010 in voice performance. And then I was like, so now what? <laughs> so, because I knew I wanted to teach, but I, this is the thing about this business and a multidisciplinary journey is that I always knew there was something more. Yes. Something more. Absolutely. And I hadn't hit it yet. I'm sure you get it. Absolutely. <laughs> just, and if you're, and if you, the listener are feeling this way, you are so not alone. No, <laughs> you are not. You're so not alone. I performed and I sang. So I did local, I performed everything from solo recitals to opera. I had several great summer programs in Europe. I sang in small um, professional choral and folk ensembles as well. So I, I have this beautiful blend. Again, couldn't pick one focus, had to, <laughs> I love choral music. I love early music and I love opera and I love this recital and German leader poetry. Just, just, there's so much. Yes. So much. <laughs> right? For sure. <laughs> totally. Nice. And I, I feel bad because I got the internet unstable situation again. And I heard you say something about a singing teacher. And then you froze. So the singing teacher piece, I knew that it wasn't just a singing teacher role for me. And as I began to encounter students of all ages from like six years old to 70 something, I realized that... I was hearing their soul journey in their voices and that they had chosen voice as a medium to resolve something deeper within themselves. And so that's how the opera singer piece started to dive into it and blossom into the healer, the healing journey piece where I had done my own healing journey without realizing it through my studies. Nice. And then I was realized it as a voice development coach and a mentor like this, it's people choosing the medium of voice through which to um, accelerate their personal transformation. For sure. And I know singing, uh, when you, if you listen to, I can't remember, not even episode three when I talk about how that singing, the music just kind of saved my life, the healing of it. It's, it's powerful. powerful. It's so powerful. On, on so many levels. And that, both as the recipient, as the audience, and as the as the creator in that journey of that space and time. 
Yeah, no. such a flow. Yeah. And I understand the choral part because I feel like you get put in a different place, otherworldly, when you're harmonizing and all of that and becoming yeah. one. The overtones that are created. And yeah. the, um, I do that now with my singing bowls. So I have. I have a crystal bowl and I have, a, I have the rest of my collection are metal. I really feel like an affinity to the metal singing bowls. And when I sing with those bowls, it's very, you can create those overtones and create those mm -hmm. journeys. So that's, that's kind of what brought me here today. Very, very cool. And so you also said you're a Reiki master. Mm -hmm. How does that weave into everything else that you're working on? in this life <laughs> i know exactly it's a again it felt like a natural progression i've always had this side interest in healing um, i used to spend summers when i was at university doing my first degree i would spend summers working with a herbalist so i i have a little bit of medical herbalism but when i got called to the reiki energy healing it was again just it was planted in front of me i thought this looks really cool did my reiki one training and then all of a sudden with the sound and singing pieces it just started to develop naturally. And as I went deeper into my Reiki training and eventually got my Reiki master designation, I would see, I still see Reiki clients. However, it's enhanced by all the other music and the sound therapy pieces that mm -hmm. have come to play. So there's never a moment where I ignore the healer within. And we all have that healer within that we cultivate, and it doesn't matter what medium it chooses to express. I absolutely agree with that. I just love that we both have that music thing in common there. <laughs> oh, completely. It's so beautiful. It's, it's wild. So very, very beautiful. It's interesting because I, I feel like sometimes I get so hyper-analytical, and then I hear really cool things like this, and I'm, I become more open, and it, it really helps, like energy healing what you talk about EFT, things like that. People yeah. look at me, I think like, well, you teach economics, what? Wait, <laughs> but it's really holistic. It's yeah. Very much so, we find those threads and there's, you know, there, there's healing energy in economics as well. You know, it's, it's not just the, it's not sort of, it's never just anything, but it's not only yeah. that area in which we're seen as an expert Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's beyond that. There's those pieces of our lives that touch someone in some way or another. So you might touch, and I'm sure you do touch and influence someone's lives in a beautiful, someone's people's lives in a beautiful way through the study and publishing of economics and exploring that topic on a deeper level. Yeah. And at the same time, you might meet them through a podcast episode and have a completely different a different way to touch somebody right on a level yeah i love how you integrate it because mine feels a little more disjointed because i taught a pilates class this morning which ties into the music but then i'm putting my podcast together today and then let me teach my economics and my spreadsheet and they're really kind of different <laughs> but it it's oh, yeah. kind of works the whole brain either either way so yeah yeah we have all these passions right why shouldn't we satisfy all these passions <laughs> right exactly and I, I love it when i get to talk like compadre it's like yes they're very I know. Cool. 
full sisters. So excited. Yes, from another mister, sister. Completely. So I'm like, I love this. I just can't wait to talk further with you and have a yeah. little coffee sometime even more. Definitely, definitely. It sounds love awesome. It. So when did you get the black belt in karate? Wado karate. Karate, yeah. You can just call it karate. It's <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know anything it's, about it. It's all good. It's all good. So before I actually started the singing, I... Uh, actually, let me back up a bit. So as a teenager, I hated phys ed. Um, I did not excel with team sports. And uh, our education system was very focused on team sports. And, you know, I passed. I always got, you know, B's and C's and like, whatever. But it, as soon as I didn't have to take it, I did not take it. It was like, <laughs> I'm done. I am done with this whole organized physical activity thing. I just want to do stuff on my own. And then flash forward a couple of years, I'd say three, five years later, I was in university and I saw a karate class meeting. I was like, oh, we'll try it out. And my very first class, I remember thinking like, who are these interesting people yelling all the time? <laughs> when, like, and then two weeks later, I was one of those interesting people yelling all the time. And That's then great. went from there. And what I discovered was that, and my sensei, like bless him, he's just, I realized that it was up to me how much I showed up and dedicated myself to the craft. And that training alone, I was like, oh, it's up to me. I'm not being graded for not doing something good enough according to these educational standards. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I had that realization, it took, I would say it took a year and a half, two years of training. It was so freeing. I believe it. So karate just is so integrated with my journey it's made me a better singer because it taught me so much about my body and yeah. how it responds it taught me how to move in physical space which is invaluable for stage training yeah so especially any, opera who you gotta really completely. fill it up and yeah. even if any of you are, are musicians and you're looking for an outlet for physical activity i cannot highly recommend enough martial arts because it teaches you presence it teaches you how to live in the, your physical presence and express yourself in a beautiful, meaningful way. It's not just music-based. Right. I agree so, with that. Yeah, I guess I took, I think I got my black, my first black belt because there's different degrees of black belt. Mm -hmm. So it took me five or six years to get my first black belt. And then each level is another three to five years of training. And I've left it for four years and I've come back to it and I've left it for three. I lived in Dubai and Abu Dhabi for four years and I trained in a Taekwondo studio. So oh, wow. It was just, you can just do different. You always come back to it though. You always, yeah. so now I'm training again back with my sensei who's Shihan Greg and it's, he's in the Caribbean. So we do Zoom classes and you always come back to it. So now I'm a third Dan. And then next year, when hopefully he'll come up to Canada for a grading, I'll get my fourth degree and just keep training. There's always more refinements. There's always deeper to go. Yes. That's the training. I love it. And I like what you said about not being graded and just being in connection with your body. That's part of the reason why I teach at the gym, even though I don't look like a, you know, what they call an athletic skinny gym instructor but i'm totally. strong and and i know what i'm doing <laughs> and yeah, we work with the gifts we have yeah right? and i'm relatable and even one of the students 
She says, well, I come to your class because you don't judge me if I'm not going full out because you know I have these issues with my joints. And I said, well, you know your body, so that's why I have to give the modifications, that kind of thing. Always. Versus having people call you out for not doing it right, which they might not know that they might have a bad knee or a bad lower back or whatever. So, uh, yeah, the so not reading. Yeah. Like, you need to feel good while you're doing yeah. this. <laughs> why, why are you there? You're there to feel good. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those beautiful, again, with karate, it's like Sensei always said, if you have an injury or something's not right that day, tell me. And then he knows. So he's not like, you know, he or the other black belt instructors aren't sort of on you for doing your fullest. And don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. We have gradings for belts. Mm-hmm just that one night of the grading right have you attended what kind of dedication have you shown are you you know are you taking an active part in the class exactly right those are the the pieces very nice very nice so when you put it all together if you're taking a client through an exercise to bring them to their wholeness Mm -hmm. (laughs) What, what does that typically look like Oh, that's so individual. One of my, I'll give an example of one of my current clients. And this is actually a lot of, a lot of my clients have, have thyroid or usually thyroid, sometimes reproductive issues, which aren't unrelated, but that's a whole other conversation. And usually if I take them through a vocal exercise, sometimes it might simply be reading from a book, reciting out loud from a book. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it would be practicing taking up physical space. So just allowing your arms to come away from your body and breathing into that physical space. Usually I find that starting with the physical first is Mm -hmm. most intuitive for people. So usually I start with the physical aspects because that's the most approachable for most people. And it might just be breathing, basic anatomy, where are your lungs, how big are they? How does your diaphragm work to help you breathe? and exploring that space in the body and then we get into those inside voice pieces where it's you know what's what's the sabotage voice happening in your head oh here comes that high note or i i can't speak french even though i've lived in france for 10 years Hmm. i'm what kind of person am i if i can't do that so it's then we get into that the emotional journey Freeing a voice is a very emotional process. So holding the space for that person to give themselves permission to feel the feelings and then move through them and end up with a stronger, more aligned voice. And the spiritual peace comes with that later. But we, I pepper spiritual practices in with the work that we do. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, because if you suppress it it shows up as illness (laughs) completely yeah Yeah. we know this right it's there's no there's no dispute about that part where if you suppress you know illness is usually a result of a of a suppression of some kind of Mm -hmm. a physical response to usually a physical response to an emotional experience or event that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel fully yeah and it's wonderful work that you're doing. I've been hearing the themes throughout, but I'm just going to specifically ask it and see if you can tie it to 
either one or two or three of the things that you do tied to how you you personally manage your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical energy as you navigate all these passions? Oh, that's a great question. It's so juicy. <laughs> so if you told me 10 years ago that I would have a daily spiritual practice that took me 25 minutes, I'd be like, you're joking. <laughs> so it started very small in the sense that it was just three little angel cards that I would choose to guide my day. Three little concepts, the words and then as I developed the Reiki journey and those other pieces, that's how that spiritual practice grew. And now it's about 20 to 25 minutes. It's several cards. It's an intention setting. It's checking in again with my physical, mental, emotional, and soul self. It's the daily check-in is invaluable. And so I'd say that answers the spiritual piece. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I give myself permission to skip it every once in a while, but you know, most days, I'm happy to do it. I get up early in the morning, I get into that headspace, mm -hmm. and there we go. The physical piece, as I've probably already talked about, is the karate, but it's also a balance. So I'm certainly not doing it every day. I balance actually that with quite a bit of yoga as well. And I have two dogs, so I walk the dogs at least, you know, I would say, oh, 45 minutes a day. So Oh gosh, we're kilometers. I don't know how many miles that is, but it's about, it's a, anywhere between three and four kilometers. So around two miles. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah we're it's the great. only ones who don't do metric over here in the United States. We're so weird. <laughs> oh, England has a few funny imperialist type of things too. So they're, they're always fit. And then the mental piece again comes out in the journaling or making sure that I'm, you know, that physical space of getting enough rest and am I giving myself enough space for my gifts to um, express themselves? And then the emotional part is usually through journaling. If I have an emotional wobble, mm -hmm. it's showing up for a reason or it's being presented to me for a reason. And that I, I, it's not easy at the time, but I'm like, okay, this is my opportunity to resolve this. Okay. No go. Again, that's where the spiritual practices come in of thank you spirit for showing me. Thank you. Divine ones for showing me how, how, and, uh, why I need to resolve this. Yes, journaling is my jam. I've been doing it since 1979. <laughs> I've been awesome. doing it for a long time, over 40 years. Yeah, so, yeah it's yeah. been, yeah, and when you're, and that was middle school for me. And well, the, it's funny to read that stuff. The things that you sweat as a 12 year old versus, you know, a 53 year old, it's so different. <laughs> I know I'm somewhere upstairs. I have my little journals from when I was, you know, 12, 14. And I used to have a little evening journal. Like, oh, I wasn't always consistent, but I'm, mm -hmm. there will be a day when I'll go back and read some of those. I know some of that stuff I read. I'm like, whoa, girl, you were <laughs> angry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a hideous teenager you were. <laughs> I've grown so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. now, and that's where you can recognize the journey and be like, oh, it's yes. so far I've come. <laughs> Yes, and I was like, Mom, I am so sorry for the human that I was. <laughs> it's wild. But yes, so it's a good it's a learning journey. It's a learning journey and a growing journey. So yeah, I love anybody talks anybody who talks about journaling. They totally I'd vote for them. <laughs> oh, I'm actually I'm actually upping my journaling game. I've just joined a six week um, journal to the self hosted little program by a friend of mine who's a journaling mentor. Oh, very cool. I'm super excited. So I can check it back in with you in a few weeks time to see yeah. you know how that's going. Very cool. Very nice. 
Well, I'd like to ask you what advice you'd give our listeners going forward when pursuing their dreams, especially if they have a lot of gifts, multiple gifts. Okay, so that's a, you know that's such a fantastic question, and I wish people had shared this with me when I was younger in that younger mm-hmm. self and exploring all these different avenues. And it really reflecting on this question was really helpful because basically, give yourself the space for all those gifts to flourish. It doesn't have to be all at the same time. Right. That's that's the key here. So, you know, even giving yourself if you if you can really prioritize a gift for it and give the time to that gift to flourish. So for example, like I did my master's in music. So I focused for four years, I focused on music yeah. and it was like that journey of self-development. You don't have to give four years. You can say, I'm going to explore this for three months. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, I didn't start out taking singing lessons when I broke my foot, I didn't start out taking singing lessons going, oh, that's not going to be my new career. Mm-hmm. I started out saying, oh, this is something different to do that's not karate. Let's just yeah. try it out. Yeah. So that experiment piece. Absolutely. You're not the first person to say that. I I interviewed um, Felicia Slattery last week, and she said pretty much the same thing. You can do it all, just not all at once. (laughs) And then you find the, you know, when I started my business, my first business was called Your Integral Voice, which was voice work. And I did try and niche down into public speaking, but I, again, I found that too constrictive. And so then when I literally gave myself permission last fall, November to November, 2020 to say, look, this is me. This is who I am. Voice development and spiritual mentorship. If this sounds appealing to you, let's talk. And then it's just, it's just been this beautiful unfolding of people are people literally just saying, I feel like I need to work with you. Love it. Which yeah, that I, means it's meant to be. It's meant to be. We are sort of divinely guided to find Absolutely. each other. Absolutely, I love it. That's what happens to me too. That's why. That's probably why every time people want me to actively market, I'm like, but it's usually a referral or serendipity yeah. situation here. Absolutely, <laughs> it's a cross referral. It's like it's just literally, I want to show up in sharing any aspect of myself or of these gifts. And if you're moved by any one or all of them, then let's talk. And if you're not, it's okay. It's really okay. No attachment. Completely. Completely. Perfect. Perfect. This is wonderful. Do you have any last words of wisdom before I can go ahead and ask people how they can get, or they can actually ask you how people can get a hold of you? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, So those last words of wisdom... Again, I think it would be allowing the space and the giving yourself permission for those gifts to flourish. So often we hear these external noises, these external inputs that we think we have to focus on one thing or we're guided, you know, guidance counselors in school. Well, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I think that message still pervades a lot of education and let that go, gone, let it go, goodbye. Your life trajectory is what you make it and mm-hmm. how you respond to the encounters that you have. So it's not a simple piece of wisdom. However, if you're sitting, spinning and struggling, look deep inside and go, what would make me happy right now? Right. In the moment. That's the best. In that moment. And follow that and keep following those breadcrumbs of what makes you happy right now. Okay. And pretty soon you'll be like, 
wow, I can't believe I ever suffered in this X, Y job position. Right. It's okay to have more than one thing that makes you happy. Yeah, that's the thing. Because for years, decades, they kept telling me that all the mentors were like, man, you need to niche this down. And I'm like, but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really I was like, no, no. <laughs> thanks, but no. <laughs> thanks, but no, thanks. That kind of marketing doesn't work for me. <laughs> Not for me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I love it, the kindred spirit that's happening here, even with oh. our internet and the lawnmowers and the dogs. So beautiful. I'm going to have to fly to Texas someday and like, <laughs> we can meet in real life. Yes, for sure. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Well, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, email is great. So it's very simple. Hello at Jen Lang, J-E-N-L-A-N-G dot com. And if you are an Instagrammer, which I am sort of just exploring, building more of my Instagram, you can also connect with me there at Jen Lang underscore sound body sphere, all one word. That's the, I put both together because that's my, both the sound healing piece and how people can get a hold of me. Because it's, again, I used to have those sound healing things separate. And mm -hmm. No, it's part of who I am and how I show up. I love it. So those will also be in the show notes. Thank you. I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to connect. I'd love to hear from you if you're multi-passionate too. Yeah, there. Yeah, that'd be great to just. There's enough for everybody, you know. <laughs> ah, completely. Yeah. Uh, oh, and if you reach out on email, I can direct you to. Um, I actually there will be a link in the show notes too. I have a couple of posture, breath, and voice meditations. Okay. That if you're really curious to kind of know what it feels like to take up more space and have more presence and use your voice then use go and access these posture breath and voice they're each five minutes and they're just cool. a way to cultivate a more of a presence through these three tools nice that's nice guide i love guided meditation so i'll have to go opt into that and check it out because sometimes oh, it's hard for me to just sit there and just be with my breath it's nice to actually have somebody guide it that's great yeah we'll have yeah. to opt into that too <laughs> uh, sure sounds good and uh, that will be good motivation for me to uh, reach out more regularly <laughs> awesome. uh, i'm an i'm a sporadic newsletter writer so you certainly won't be hearing from me every day or even every week <laughs> it's all good <laughs> it's all good this is my, <laughs> this is my communication tool once a week an episode drops and that's pretty much it <laughs> amazing amazing i love it yeah well thank you so much for coming on the show and your patience with my internet on campus this is bizarre <laughs> we're happy that we're, we're gonna piece this together and it's gonna work <laughs> totally gonna work thank yeah. you so much for having me as a guest carol it's been and i'm about to launch my own podcast with my co-host so when the time is right i'll be inviting you that'd be wonderful yeah, awesome all right. Well, until next time, we will, um, and I'm certainly there'll be a next time soon. We will chat again. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life with Carol Dixon Carr. If you'd like to continue the conversation on these topics, head on over to the free Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes along with other resources. And if any of Carol's words resonate with you, Feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Until next time.